You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Luckily, the fact is that just like the rest of us, even a beautiful woman doesn't know what she wants until she sees it. And that's where I come in. My job is to open her eyes. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies that you watched growing up, the ones you're nostalgic about. We watch them objectively, let you know, are these movies any good, or do you have any nostalgia for them? This week, we watched 2005's romantic comedy, Hitch. And when you say, this week, Brandon, another classic Nostalgia Be Damned, hiatus. (laughs) You better believe it, brother. Yeah, I had to move across country. We also promised last episode that we, we probably would have tried to record in person. But you know what? Once we got there, once I saw your face, I think we realized, you know what? We can't waste a single second on watching some shit movie. Exactly. And then, uh, <laughs> recording some nonsense after. So we decided, you know what? Let's hold off. Yeah, let's just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, let's get drunk and watch a shitty movie that's that we're not going to talk about on <laughs> yeah. the podcast. And play a disgusting amount of Buck Cherry. Oh, we played so much <laughs> Buck Cherry, dude. For everyone out there with uh, an Alexa, but Alexa, play Buck Cherry. <laughs> go ahead and do it. Also, go ahead and You're play. What, what was the cover of that song? I can't, dude. It's a, yeah, go, go fuck it. What is it? What was it? No, no. Say fuck it. I love it. Yes, yes. The I love it song. Um, I got this feeling on a summer day. Apparently, Buck Cherry did their own cover of that song. Covered, covered that song and they didn't change any words except for instead of I love it, they say, (laughs) say fuck it. Classic Buck Cherry, Classic dude. Buck Cherry, but we are here. Those guys are fucking we rock are. stars. And uh, speaking of the rock stars of this show, an all-timer, an all-star, Will Smith, back at it again. I got to tell you, I thought maybe we might have covered like an iRobot or a Men in Black before we got to Hitch. How did we get to Hitch, Zach? Didn't, didn't we cover Men in Black? We did Men in Black. No, 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 no. We've done a Bad Boys. We've done Independence Day. We did Shark Tale. This is our fucking fourth film. Oh, and Wild Wild West. And Wild Wild West. I specifically yeah. remember watching Men in Black. Did I watch Men in Black for no reason? Hey, I mean, you don't need a reason to watch the uh, original Men in Black classic film. The second one, however, oof magoo. Yeah, I'm not but that good. doesn't explain why. Why did we watch Hitch, Zach? Was this a request? Where did this come from? Uh, Hitch was actually a movie we specifically were asked not to cover. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, uh, because we have a tendency to ruin movies <laughs> for people. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, what's your history with Hitch? <laughs> Were you a huge fan of Hitch, dude? Were you a Hitch head? This was a DVD I saw around all the time, and a movie I did see in theaters, because again, huge Will Smith fans, as we've mentioned on the show. I saw this with my family, and 2005, such a, I don't know, man, this whole time when romantic comedies and mainstream comedies were coming out, there was just a lot of shitty ones, a lot of shitty ones, and Hitch was one of the few bright spots, one of the few romantic comedies I genuinely enjoyed at the time. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember really having an opinion on it. Um, (laughs) Okay, so you haven't seen it genuinely since theaters, probably. Yeah, not at all. I remember the scene where his face gets all puffy. Exactly, I remember... That, and I remembered Kevin James dancing silly. Yeah, I blacked out Kevin James. I completely blacked out that Kevin James was in this movie. That was not um, something I was really excited to see when this movie started. Was starring Will Smith, Kevin James. Ugh. 
What a cast indeed, though. We've got, it's got uh, Eva Mendez, Burn Notice himself, that guy, Jeffrey Donovan. <laughs> a who's who. There's Joe Latrulio in here for one second. That was kind of fun to see. Yeah. But uh, for those uninitiated, the plot synopsis for Hitch reads on IMDb, a smooth-talking man falls for a hardened columnist while helping a shy accountant woo a beautiful heiress. Every romantic comedy stereotype just rolled up into four characters. <laughs> Uh, it was directed by Andy Tennant, quite the prolific filmmaker in the genre. He also directed Fools Rush In, which, if I remember correctly, had Matthew Perry learning about Salma Hayek's Hispanic family. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Were you a fan of Ever After, a Cinderella story? Did you ever see that one with Drew Barrymore? No. Interesting. How about uh, Anna and the King? No, I never saw it. No. No? Sweet Home Alabama. No, obviously never saw Sweet Home Alabama. Who? How about the Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey hit Fool's Gold? <laughs> no, I did not see Fool's <laughs> Gold. How about Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston in The Bounty Hunter? Nope, didn't never saw The Bounty Hunter. Fuck, dude. Wow. We're <laughs> and I'm guaranteeing you didn't see Wild Oats and The Secret Dare to Dream, because I don't know what the Well, actually... <laughs> yeah no i'm just secret dare to dream that's my favorite you know i've never seen that either i don't know what any of these are yeah yep uh that's the thing man i am kind of in the dark with a lot of rom-coms from this era didn't like them and uh that list right there kind of sums up why i did like ever after a cinderella story we don't have to ever watch it for this show good because uh, you know <laughs> but it's got a 6.6 .6 on imdb and an appropriate 69 percent on rotten tomatoes nice <laughs> Cost seventy million dollars to make. Yeah, you get it. Nice. It cost seventy million dollars to make. It earned one hundred and seventy-nine million in the states and a whopping three hundred and seventy-one million worldwide. Oof. Placed eleventh on the U.S. box office charts that year. It technically ranks as the third highest-grossing romantic comedy of all time domestically, beating out *Knocked Up*, *Runaway Bride*, *Sex in the City* the movie, *The Proposal*, *Crazy Rich Asians*, and *Pretty Woman* only being beat by What Women Want, <laughs> and uh, the number one of all time, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm, I've seen that movie several times. Yeah, Windex, it, cl it cleans stuff. Stay fucking tuned. Uh, not a whole lot of actual like uh, backstory tidbits of uh, trivia information here. Just a couple. Cameron Diaz actually considered for the role of Sarah Milas because according to Will Smith, the female lead was supposed to be Caucasian, but the producers did not want to make the lead couple interracial as it was considered a taboo at the time. What? Yep, they also did not want the female lead to be black as they feared it would alienate white audiences. So they decided to go with a Hispanic female lead to meet in the middle. <laughs> but that is interracial. What the fuck are you talking? <laughs> what? I fucking hate Hollywood. That's so stupid. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Jennifer Lopez reportedly turned down the role of Sarah before Eva Mendez accepted. Mendez was actually also featured in Will Smith's Miami video. <laughs> so, party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach to the break of dawn. Just in case you forget. That's the end of the podcast. We're never doing this. No, we can't no. do this. We We're can't do this. this. No, again. not before talking about Will Smith, actual fan of the King of Queens. Huge King of Queens fan and suggested Kevin James for the part of Albert. No, don't tell me that. It makes sense. The royal treatment, the fresh Prince of Bel Air loves the King of Queens. I get it. <sighs> I think if we're talking like top five most despised people in Hollywood, 
Kevin James ranks on top, top five. First, okay, listen. Have you listened to any of his uh, or seen any of his YouTube videos yet? Some of those like... Why the fuck would I go on YouTube <laughs> and look up Kevin James videos? Well, Brandon? you know what? He's doing a lot of funny stuff on there. And uh, maybe you should check it out. I don't know. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll become a Kevin James fan again. Well, well, he does look like he's absolutely crushing it in Hubie Halloween. Who? <laughs> Stay tuned for a review of that, by the way, folks. <laughs> no. No, come on. I watched it and I'm going to tell you what I think of it. Oh. At the end of the episode, yeah. Sure, sure. We don't have to do Gross. a full episode on Hubie Halloween. Unless you wanted to, Zach, break the whole... Crack open your beer, Let's get into it. Please. Yep, here we go. Oh, it was a weak one, not very carbonated. I apologize for Couldn't that buildup. Yeah, I'm it. sorry. Wow. What an idiot. Fuck. All right, here we go. So, we open with a little Sam Cooke telling us what a wonderful world it would be as uh, Will Smith, Alex Hitch Hitchens a professional date doctor who coaches other men in the art of wooing women with the main focus of having genuine long-term relationships tells us how to get it done. There's this uh, little montage of sad saps longing for women who pass them by and whatnot. And and Will Smith, of course, talking directly to us at the camera, uh, to the audience. He goes through, you know, a few of the textbook lines ladies give to guys that they're not interested in. Stuff like, it's not a really good time for me or Hitch's personal favorite. I'm really into my career now because how dare they get fucking jobs? Am I right? <laughs> right. God forbid. Anytime a woman tells you she is busy with work just means she fucking hates you. Don't listen to her. Because you got to understand what we, the audience, need to know about Hitch is that he knows women better than they know themselves. Uh, in fact, when a woman tells you these things, that's not what she actually means, dumb dumb. <laughs> Uh, sometimes she just means, quote, try harder, stupid. Man, I did not like where this is going. <laughs> I just didn't, like, from the start, I was like, all right, is this going to hold up in 2020? <laughs> Dude, you know, just you the can't, general conceit of the movie. You can't make a lot of this movie in 2020. Like, you, no. you will get shut down. And I don't even know if you can make this back in 2005 without any other actor than, you know, Will Smith, who's the most goddamn charming guy around. His job is basically to open women's eyes to the wonderful incel in front of them <laughs> right so most of these gross, guys man. i mean I don't the know, whole man. concept of it is pretty pretty <laughs> gross he also like he's very specific about he works only on a referral basis apparently he's helped hundreds of men across new york city or wherever the fuck that new york city yeah definitely oh yeah this story is involving a love story yeah it's in new york city new york, yeah. yeah yeah the city way. is like a character itself <laughs> wait get the fuck out of here yeah <laughs> That's uh, uh they came that's, together. That's a line from they came together. <laughs> and honestly watching that movie like just before I, I saw that maybe like half a year ago, wow. <laughs> this movie is just by the numbers. I watched I watched they came together like 2 months ago or something yeah. like that and it's so ridiculous. I I was going to wait until we got to the specific scene, but there are scenes in this movie that are are just satire if you put them in the yeah. right movie. Um like, if you put them in, they came together, you're rolling laughing at how stupid it is. Because <laughs> according to him, any man can sweep any woman off her feet. He just needs the right broom. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not true. That's just, that's simply not true, which. Uh, we see one guy gets a date with this woman by saving her dog's life, but it's all a fucking ruse, of course. A dramatic meat cute that comes courtesy, not of fate. But of Hitch. Hitch, what really happens is Hitch kidnaps a dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and tricks this woman into thinking that some fucking weirdo on the street got it. Can you imagine? Like, that's. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the end of this movie, but his whole thing is like. No, man, I'm just opening their eyes to see the genuine person. Well, so far, you've tricked, you've kidnapped a dog and tricked a woman. It seems Not like, a good start, Hitch. Yeah, all of these dates are built on a bed of lies. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's just a slightly problematic premise that's sort of inherently like mis- misogynistic. I don't know. It, it's not going as far as like Will Ferrell's character in Wedding Crashers who's scoring chicks at funerals, but it's positing that the right lie or manipulative maneuver any man can get the girl of his dreams and that's just that's just not how it goes edge no i'm not i'm not going to spend the whole episode just railing against the creators cuz it's not like pig-headed or gross or anything you can always tell that hitch is as a character has good intentions you know what i yeah, mean yeah that's kind of the whole plot point of this movie is that he's not a scumbag guys don't worry yeah cuz his services don't end with guys getting laid per se he promises them three dates to get to the first kiss cuz Zach, i don't know if you knew this but most women believe that's the moment they can determine everything they need to know about a relationship, that first smooch. If a woman hasn't figured you out in six hours, then you fucked up. (laughs) We meet a few more of our characters. There's the super sexy but cynical columnist, Sarah Milas, who works for a gossip rag in NYC. She's so busy with her career. I don't have time to date, Brandon. I love my job. (laughs) Exactly. And I love, I love gossip rags in these movies, especially rom-coms where it's like, it's the most fucking important thing in the world that they snap a photo of this like (laughs) asshole eating lunch. Yeah. At one point she like mildly fucks up in this movie (laughs) because she like, I'm so infuriating that everybody in this scene, and these are the scenes I was talking about that were like, it's just such a stereotypical rom-com setup, but everybody in this scene is railing against her for working too hard. Like, aren't you supposed to be on vacation? What's going on? And then she takes one night off and misses like one shitty story and her boss wants her fired. (laughs) Exactly. Her boss is played by Adam Arkin. She's got like the coded gay black character who's like her best friend who's saying all sorts of sassy (laughs) stuff. Then there's like, the uh, like the her horny friend who's always in need of like getting a, a date and whatnot. It's just I gotta get laid. <laughs> yep, yep. We do meet. I think Hitch's best bud Ben, played by New York icon Michael Rappaport, for, for like one scene. What happened to Rappaport? Dude, I can't believe Michael Rappaport's in this movie. That's uh, yeah, he's like top build too. He's like the fourth person build in this movie. <laughs> He's in one scene. Very un-Michael Rappaport, because he keeps trying to get Hitch to commit, because being single in this world, I guess, is worse than cancer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This whole thing, like, just these two scenes, like, the woman, ah, you work too hard, you need a man to settle you down, and then the the male character, ah, Hitch, when are you gonna find a nice girl? (laughs) Fuck, dude. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but he does manage to pick up Paula Patton that night in her film debut. Wow. She looks beautiful. Um, and it just goes to show off how effortlessly fucking cool he is. Everything he says is cool. He knows the right thing to say, the right drink to buy. The guy's got it. Down. That's right. He is very good at picking up ladies. He humiliates this girl in front of everyone. <laughs> and so when <laughs> she right. follows him to yell at him, he's like, just kidding. Let me get them digits. <laughs> And it works. It really works. Classic hitch. What is crazy about this movie is that he's he's obviously this playboy. He gets tons of girls. But 
it almost never ever shows like the morning after the girls getting dressed in the morning to signify that he's like having a bunch of sex and stuff. It's very weirdly like toned down his his promiscuity or whatever. It's like he keeps. They like, don't let you know that Hitch is getting laid every night by a different woman. It's just <laughs> that's right, and I need that. I want that in my rom com. Yeah, I want him to like fling a used condom across the. <laughs> exactly, I want his apartment to just be gross with fucking weird sex shit all over the place. Yeah. We're I not wanted to kidding. take one of those like yeah forensic lights to the walls and this is like ah oh, hitch ah uh, hitch Whoa. there's semen everywhere hitch <laughs> Michael Rappaport could come over have like a you need to clean up your apartment hitch yeah uh. I just I just saw a clip of Bill Burr on SNL the other day and I keep getting Michael Rappaport and Bill Burr confused angry redheads it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's why Bill Burr had to shave his head yeah to distinguish himself I love right. Bill Burr. Yeah, I'm not a big Michael Rappaport. Wait, is this our second Michael Rappaport Deep movie? See, buddy, <laughs> that's right. Oh my fucking god, that's the end of the podcast. We can't do this anymore. <laughs> We're gonna cover his whole filmography. Copland is next. No, Brandon can vouch that when we started this podcast three years ago, I said the minute we hit Michael Rappaport number two, we quit on the spot. We have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's true. Honestly, I remember the blood oath. Yeah, yep. now I remember. <laughs> but uh, Hitch wasn't always cool. At one point in time, he was a nerdy little incel just like you. And we see him in college being, you know, dressed a little silly. He's he's kind of goofy, and he's just Will Smith. They barely did anything to, like, young him down. He's clearly, like, mid-30s in this movie. And yeah. he's just, <laughs> yeah, they're like, fuck it. Let's just put him in some crazy is well into the bizarre uh, marriage life that we know he has now. Now, he devotes his entire life to slaying poon and turning goons into cool dudes. His next project is quite a nerd indeed, a man without game, Albert Brenneman, played by the King of Queens himself. <clears throat> Nay, the zookeeper. Nay, Paul Blart. Here comes the boom. It's Kevin James. Yeah. Paul Blart. And I don't know if you know this, Zach, but his eyes are getting weary. Mm. His back is getting tight. And he's sitting here in traffic on the Queensboro Bridge tonight. What the fuck was that? That's the theme song to The King of Queens. I don't know if you were a devout fan like myself, but uh, you remember? My eyes are getting weary. My back is getting tight. Anyway. Ah, oof. That one landed like a cement block. All right. I'm not, ha- I'm, I'm not happy with you. <laughs> fuck. Albert is dropping his coffee all over the place, all over his newspaper, his soda on the steps of work when Hitch first meets him. He is smitten with a client of his investment firm, celebrity Allegra Cole, played by model Amber Valletta. I have to stop this podcast dead. Um, We had Kevin James being a weird, goofy slob. Did we get a single fart joke out of it? Uh, Almost no fart jokes. Honestly, what I will say is that they play his... This is one of the few characters in which he's not very crass, honestly. He's not doing his kind of gross, crude humor stuff. He's fairly playing kind of the straight man in this, weirdly enough, every so often, other than being kind of awkward and goofy. Yeah, but did we get a fart joke? I don't think we did, no. So do you want to just stop reviewing the movie now? or? So we should just stop reviewing the movie now. I'm going to give it a 0%. <laughs> um, not a single fart joke. Uh, I don't know how we didn't get one. I think in maybe a, a lesser director's hands, we would have got a couple. But Who directed this movie? We already mentioned it. Andy Tennant, Sweet Home Alabama, <laughs> Fool's Gold, that's right, yeah. Andy Tennant. Yeah. Sorry, that's right. I forgot this. <laughs> already. <laughs> already. Oh, man. I barely remember watching this movie. Well, that also, we did watch this like a solid week ago. Um, so, it, you know, we're, try- we're doing our best. <laughs> yeah. 
because as usual, we went on a brief hiatus and then got pushed back another week due to yep, fucking I lost power. Yep. Yeah, due to fucking natural disasters. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first, and it won't be the last. Fuck no, might get, might take another four weeks off. <laughs> Albert as a character, you know, he's sort of charmingly inept. I. I actually kind of like Kevin James in this part. He's not necessarily really annoying or anything. I got to say, out of his oeuvre, this may be one of his better ones. It's the most tolerable you'll ever see Kevin James. I guarantee <laughs> it. It's it, it has to be. Yeah, he plays him with like a clumsy sincerity. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. but He's sweet. He is sweet in yeah, this movie. He's sweet. Yeah. And he can kind of pull the storyline off, but ultimately, it's kind of an insane character goal. Because it would be like if Taylor Swift's investment advisor's assistant fell in love with her and then truly believed he was the one for her despite never actually having a conversation with her. And then that man then hired a date doctor to trick her into falling for him. Yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) You just need the right broom, brother. (laughs) That would be a sweet Taylor Swift song, though. That is a song I would listen to for sure. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) Yeah, absolutely. So... Yeah. Oh. He hires Hitch. He tell he's told to make an impression. He ultimately ends up quitting his job and yelling at his boss to prove his worth. They never get back to that, by the way. Like he loses his job, right? And then does he become desk? Like what happened? He like he was uh that was seemed to be a dream job. Doesn't she kind of like hire him to be a personal account? Which makes it even weirder that now like she's going on dates with a private the guy she's paying accounting yeah, pos- yeah. <laughs> yeah. accounting consultant Ugh. i don't know man it works because she certainly takes notice of him she ends up arranging a meeting with him for her later date to go all over all of her finances you know there's the i do remember this bit from the trailer gives him her number and a pretty amusing little pen bit and uh, all seems to be going well for him despite him now being unemployed hitch on the other hand is striking out with sarah he runs into her at a bar and they have this very passive aggressive flirtatious back and forth where they try to go about introductions while trying to subvert like the cliches of the romantic small talk. I like I hated this. This was so grating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like listening to two pretentious assholes explain a joke. I just did not like this part at all. No, not at all. It's I don't know, man. Some of the dialogue in this movie. I, the problem is, again, is that this movie came out in 2005 when we weren't really yep. thinking of these kinds of things in movies. It's tough to rewatch now because although the whole point of Hitch is supposedly that he's not objectifying women, he is. You know what I mean? Our standards are a little bit different now. And the movie goes from these sort of meta takedowns of the rom-com genre to then these painfully like cliched scenarios and dialogue that you've seen a hundred times before. So it's like, I guess you're trying to have your cake and eat it too, but you can't get away with like, you're not scream. You're not doing this better than it's been done before in the genre. So you're just kind of like sort of making fun of it at the same time in a really weirdly passive aggressive way. I know we, I know we already brought it up, but be they came together or just be a rom-com. Sure. Sure. And you can be funny. Like, this movie clearly starts to outweigh, like, the romance clearly starts to outweigh the comedy, and that's where I feel like it falters, because it's not as romantic as it is funny. I feel like Will Smith and Kevin James back and forth is at least a little more entertaining than his. I I don't know. I also feel like this this becomes the point in the movie where it decides really to pick a lane. It's either going to be about Kevin James trying to get this girl, or it's going to be about Hitch 
trying to find his own girl. And I feel like it veers off more towards Hitch, and that is not the more interesting plot line in yeah, this movie. Yeah, agree. Because with the Hitch plot, the Hitch plot line is just a normal, like, handsome person meets another <laughs> yeah, handsome two person. Two beautiful people obviously hooking up. They fall in love. Like, that's, yeah, then they have a disagreement at one point. Like, that's all that storyline really is. Whereas the Kevin James one, although it's unbelievable and a little weird, it's at least a little different that, you know, it's Kevin James trying to pick up <laughs> some gorgeous celebrity. Like, it's an underdog story. I wish they had kind of stuck more with that. I think splitting it up into two made it kind of drag a little bit more than it needed to. Yeah, it's kind of the setup to a lot of his later roles or his the roles he's more regularly known for where he's the schlubby guy who's got mm-hmm. the hot wife, but now we're figuring out how that happened. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's everything he's in. I know, I know. King of except, Queens. Except for Chuck and yeah, except for Chuck and Larry. Right, because his wife's dead in that. Yeah, his wife is freaking dead. Huh, but Brandon dead. His wife is, is freaking dead. Um, this also the zookeeper. Oh shit! No, that one's got Rosario Dawson. Doesn't he end up again? I haven't seen Zookeeper in it. I don't know. I haven't seen the Zookeeper. You know what? This was just bringing it up. The Zookeeper. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yep. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. So Hitch meets with Vance Munson. Jeffrey Donovan. We're kidding. Burn notice himself. <laughs> this guy is a chode. He's super shallow, misogynistic. He's attempting to enlist Hitch to help him land a one-night stand with Casey, who is Sarah's co-worker and best friend, the horny girl we mentioned earlier. I was going to say, and the thing is, he probably didn't even need to hire Hitch. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all, because, he spoiler alert, he ends up laying her anyway without the help of Hitch. So, yeah, didn't this whole business meeting essentially pointless but it's really just to set up a plot point later on down the road sure and to establish that hitch is a good guy all right he actually believes in love because he refuses vance because vance is all about hitting it and quitting it and that ain't Hitch's deal he delivers the slowest arm bar takedown i've ever witnessed in movies <laughs> it's the weirdest thing because <laughs> like they look like they're about to have this violent confrontation where they're in each other's faces and like i think Vance like touches him or something and he just grabs his arm and very it's like almost in slow motion where there's no sound around him he just kind of like <laughs> dunks his head on the table <laughs> I will literally break your shit off if you ever touch me again Will Smith is like I got bigger movies to do don't touch me <laughs> <laughs> but Hitch sends uh, Sarah a walkie talkie via bike messenger this is an extremely this is elaborate date scenario gross. Yeah, I did not this like this. Is, this He's is gone. gross. I didn't like this. The extra mile is to having three different gifts associated with three different dates, depending on which day she selected. Like, he planned all these dates just in case she selected fucking Friday or Sunday. It's nuts. Brandon, did you watch the trailer to this movie before you sat down and watched the movie? No, I didn't. know. I meant to, though. I forgot what, what is it, what's going on in it. No, it's just weird because, like, it, this movie sets it up in a way that just doesn't like it it doesn't really seem to go in the actual movie it makes it seem like hitch is like the opposite of what he tells everybody to be you know like hitch is actually like the goofy one but he i do remember the elevate like when she's looking through the little eye hole or whatever and he's waving and it's all like weirdly distorted and it's like oh will smith's a goofy guy here but he's also super charming and charismatic again they, you know they're trying to have it both ways yeah. But this date is, again, it's just nuts. She ends up picking Sunday, which is breakfast and then some jet skiing around the bay. Like, that would mean, I, it just blows my mind. It's creepy, right? This is weird because it mm-hmm. only, 
it only works as if she said no to the other days. Like, oh no, I can't do Friday. I don't want to do Saturday. How about Sunday? Oh, you picked Sunday? Guess what? Holy shit, man. She gets like scuba gear and shit. Like the Vike message gives her all this shit for the date. Also need to reiterate that he asked her out via a walkie talkie that he had sent to her job, which how did he know that he, she worked there? It's a weird movie, man. Yeah. Speaking of this whole bit here, man, I don't know how I feel about this. Cause they, they go on this date. They're going around the bay in the jet skis. He ends up drop kicking her in the face after his like machine dies. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I also imagine the Hudson River, where I think this is, is disgusting. That I would imagine they um, contracted something that day. Zach, you could speak to this, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't get in the Hudson River, but you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, it's not the worst, but probably sure. in that area of New York, I wouldn't get in the Hudson. No. Yeah, but he takes her to Ellis Island on this private tour. They're walking around the museum. He shows her this like manifest with her great great grandfather's signature on it. And, like, at first, it's, like, kind of a cutesy thing. Like, he did this research to show he's truly, like, passionate about it. But I mean, if you say utterly, so, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, in a movie, I don't know. But it would be utterly psychotic in real life because he would have had to done so much research on her family genealogy. And that, in yeah. my opinion, is just way too much for a first date. A first date, yeah. It's just kind of, like, uh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe, you know, a few months in or something like that, when you've gotten to know the person, it's kind of cute. But th- this is just weird. And it doesn't even go over well with her because she, like, has this sort of violent shouting reaction to this, runs away in tears. Uh, and then he gets the whole, I saw that going differently in my mind and then they act like the date didn't really go that well like at all like it was a disaster well yeah they, it cuts to them just like walking around again like they're fine and then we find out that that relative who was on the manifest was some sort of like <laughs> serial killer and this tragedy mm. that she desperately needed to forget there's a fun bit with albert and hitch calling allegra for a date with kevin james just like knocking shit off the counter it's at this point i realized how much of this movie's comedy is straight up like slapstick three stooges jokes oh there's no like nuance to any of the comedy in this movie it's all physical humor all of it Mm -hmm. it really is like him getting his shirt ripped off with the cab door or like him knocking the shit over this thing or him dancing goofy and then will smith slaps him really quick like (laughs) uh but albert actually does pretty well on this date they go to this art show This date, of course, intercut with Albert and Hitch preparing for it. This is where we get that iconic dance scene where Kevin James just lets loose and Will Smith delivers a great line reading of don't ever do that again. (laughs) At this point, um, (laughs) these two, when they're on screen together, pretty fun. They are. They're they're at least entertaining, I think. Again, it's nothing. nothing Again, and one of the things that I talked about earlier was that this movie really kind of takes a fork in the road between the two love stories. And I, I... it truly, truly pains me to say this, Brandon. Truly does. I'd much rather see more Kevin James in this movie. <laughs> That's right. Breaks man, my yeah. fucking heart to say that. <laughs> I'm gonna eat a cookie. Uh, and he can't help it. He's told to kind of keep it together, keep it low key, and dance like you know, don't go, don't go crazy. But he can't help it. Dancing with Allegra. He's photographed dancing like a jackass. And this is all, of course, set to the most 2005 song there was, Usher's. Yeah. Dude, that song was on the radio every <laughs> fucking half hour. Yes, that's right, man. It was at every school dance I went to for a couple of years, man. That song was everywhere. Luda. And the headlines all read, who the hell is Albert Brenneman? 
Sarah is pissed off that she didn't get the scoop of her career. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, then the only thing. Gossip more- columns, am I right? <laughs> oh, it's a big business. And the only thing more 2005 than Usher's Yeah is a little gay panic. Because we got Hitch teaching mm. Albert how to kiss. You go 90% of the way, Zach, and then you hold for as long as it takes for her to come the other 10. Or for her to tase you and run away. Like, <laughs> that's kind of an intense... And then they, and then they uh, kiss. Oh, gay panic. Hilarious, dude. Has Will, Fer- has Will Smith kissed a dude since this movie? Ooh. Trying to think on all his new movies. Has he kissed Man, a dude since this, this movie? this may be the last time he kissed a dude. Not the last time Kevin James has kissed a dude. No, for sure. Oh, of course not. No, yeah. But then, but because he was in Gay Panic, the movie. <laughs> that movie is just a couple years outside of our, you know, podcast purview. But man, oh man, does that, is that one of the most <laughs> uh, difficult films to but watch the, today? But we could, no one's, nos- <laughs> no one's nostalgic about that movie though. So it's. We can safely say you will never see I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry on this podcast. Uh, Sarah finds out that the tickets for the art show that Allegra went to were procured by Hitch. So she starts digging deeper, doing a little investigative journalism. She's good at her job. She's great at her job. She and Hitch and her boss and his wife go out on a double date of sorts at one of these cooking class things. And this is where Hitch hilariously experiences some intense food allergies. How does he not know that he's allergic to shellfish or whatever the fuck he ate? You know, you'd think a classy guy like Hitch would know something like that, but uh, we need more laughs. We need more laughs. <laughs> he's he's in his 30s and he hasn't had any shellfish yet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so they rush to a pharmacy. Why do why do why do his dates why do his dates never go well for him he's supposed to be the date doctor yeah, exactly he fucks up every single date he goes on exactly because he's in love and love makes you do crazy things zach love's complicated brandon it's so goddamn complicated this is why falling in love is so goddamn complicated i think oh, that's a line later i on. think that's a line i can't remember ah uh, man they rush to a pharmacy as his face balloons up something nasty i do remember this in the trailer he just starts chugging benadryl and after his face gets back to normal you know, he's a little fucked up. He's singing and shit. And Eva Mendez actually says mm. something that you, Zach, tell me all the time. You say, who sings that song? And then I tell you. And then you say, oh, yeah, then maybe they should sing it. <laughs> and I thought, Let's let them sing it and not you. Yeah. Mm. Is this the first time you heard that? Did you pull that from the movie? Hitch? I don't think so. You can tell us all. It's okay if it was, man. It's possible. It's entirely possible that I owe a comedy staple uh, in, of my repertoire to Hitch. <laughs> I don't like that. You know what this scene made. <laughs> you know what this scene made me want to do: eat a whole bunch of shrimp and drink Benadryl. Ooh, good lord, that combo I'm sure is not good for anyone's stomach. No, but I bet I would fall asleep very quickly. <laughs> I don't know if you'd wake up. Uh, so, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> they have their first kiss the next morning, and it is a steamy. Oh, because he bought her like seven different coffees like a psychopath? I didn't know yeah. what you liked, so I brought you everything. Yeah, because she wakes up and he's gone and she's like, oh, you did it again type of thing. And then he comes back in, which implies he somehow got her key, right? He probably had to lock the door to leave to go to get coffee. And then he just took her key without mentioning anything. That or he jammed open a loft in New York City. <laughs> Where someone could have broken in and, like, robbed her house. But, you know. Exactly. Classic hitch. It's hitch. <laughs> Classic hitch. But Sarah, not too happy. Oh, 
no wait what's her fucking name who's her stupid friend sarah's friend though know. not too happy she, she went out with vance who slept with her left immediately and he alludes that he enlisted the services of the date doctor can we talk about how the shitty guy in this movie's name is vance that's great <laughs> what are you doing no, i don't like vance. the name vance yeah i know it's vance but why is it yeah vance? you're not supposed to like the name vance it's a shitty name that you give to a shitty character so it's supposed to make your skin crawl is what you're telling me because it does yeah be, well okay well picture this brandon you're at a frat house this dude who's chugging some freaking four loco in a solo cup comes up to you he's wearing a backwards freaking uh visor he's got three popped collars he comes up and says, what's up bro my name's vance i nod my head and i turn and i leave yeah exactly that's vance dude <laughs> i've never met a good vance i'll 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 i'll, I'll cop to that any listeners named Vance who listen to this show, um, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, stop listening to the show. We don't want you listening. <laughs> anyway, she went out with Vance. He left. She uh, he alludes that you know this date doctor was behind this all. So this sets Sarah out on a path to try to figure out who this guy is. Meanwhile, Albert and Allegra have a great date at a basketball game, which ends with Kevin James smooching Amber Valletta using the old ninety ten rule. He's, he dropped a bunch of mustard on his shirt like a fucking idiot. <laughs> but she thinks that's so cute. He's the cutest <laughs> guy I've ever met. Just got to find the right broom, Zach. The right what? The right broom. The right what? Broom. Broom. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, any guy can sweep any girl off her feet. He only needs the right broom. That's what Hitch told me. At no, the beginning Brandon, of the he, needs, he needs the right broom, not brum. I said broom. What did I say? Are you just... Wait, it's just like you attacking me on my stupid New England accent? Yeah, I'm, I'm attacking <laughs> your New England accent. Dude, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh. Normally, I don't, especially rough. I hear a lot of rough. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. You deserve it. <laughs> so, Sarah, trying to... Be, she, she sets up this whole fucking investigation. She photographs him in a park and realizes, oh, no, Hitch, the love of my life, is the date doctor. She's furious, heads over to his place. Uh, they sort of just confront each other. She ends up throwing broccoli at him. He ends up throwing some leafy greens at her as well. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I love a good veggie fight. Yeah, it does not go well. She publishes an expose, which I guess calls, causes Allegra to stop calling Albert. People are start, like starting to recognize him in the streets. Like, hey, you're the date doctor. And like you know, couples are coming up with him. Like, did you? Did he help you? Did he help you? And it turns out he did. <sighs> He's helped yeah. every guy in Manhattan get laid. <laughs> <laughs> There's this speed dating event. Hitch sneaks into it. Sarah and Casey confront him. You know, they talk about Vance as their source. Hitch explains that not only did he refuse to work with him, it's men like Vance. You know, uh, which is why women heavily protect themselves. But that same protection also unintentionally makes establishing genuine relationships, Zach, with good men, difficult. So much so that Hitch could create a business out of it. It's just a crazy world we live in. It's a weird justification for this movie. I mean, this is this this whole scene is this movie just defending itself. Yeah. He storms out yelling, this is why falling in love is so goddamn hard. That was the line. So. That was the line. Thank yep. you. You're welcome. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, you know, this is the old all hope is lost moment for old Hitchy Witchy and for Sarah as well, because Hitch is, whilst Hitch is seen looking contemplative over the city, 
Sarah, because she's a woman, is eating whipped cream, crying while watching Jerry Maguire. Mm -hmm. You complete me. You had me at hello. Yeah, wow. I've never seen that in another movie before. No, no one's ever quoted Jerry Maguire. So she apologizes to Hitch, because there's no better way to get a woman to fall in love with you than by kind of gaslighting her, but he isn't even having that. He's basically like, no, I don't... (laughs) I'm not into it anymore. I hate this whole back and forth they have. The fact that they get in a fight apologize get in a fight apologize again get in another fight and then apologize they do it like four times i just want the fucking movie to end at this point (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like maybe they aren't right for each other maybe every interaction shouldn't end in an argument (laughs) yeah that doesn't scream true love to me again but, but again it goes back to i just feel like this movie kind of backed the wrong horse in terms of plot it feels like they went very hitch-focused, and it just wasn't like the... It wasn't the more unique, it wasn't the freshest storyline to go with. Sure. I mean, thankfully, we do get a bit more of Albert, what's going on with him. He's demanding that Hitch fix his situation with Allegra, because he's threatening to jump in front of cabs or eat himself to death. He's basically just going on this whole suicide rant because it's not worth living if you can't have love. I'll eat 17 hot dogs right now. <laughs> Albert calls out Hitch on his bullshit. He calls him a coward and a phony, basically. You know what I mean? Like, this is, what does he say? Something like, this is your job. You stop yelling facts at me, Kevin James. <laughs> but I guess that's enough for, like, Hitch to turn himself around and he tries to salvage Albert and Allegra's relationship because at once he was being kind of a dick, just sort of giving up on love itself, sadly. Uh, he also believes that his entire business had collapsed. We never get back to what he does for a living afterwards, by the way. I don't know if he goes back to this business when the House of Cards falls or what's going on with him. But uh, Yeah, I don't know. Lots of loose threads in this movie besides Kevin James's character. Yeah, sadly, too many. Uh, but he goes to confront her on this yacht. She mentions how all these you know weird little quirks were actually what won her over, like him spilling mustard on his shirt or his fucking inhaler. All these little awkward, adorable characteristics really did the job. And that's when Hitch realizes, oh wait, I didn't do a goddamn thing. Except maybe give his client uh, some confidence, you know what I mean? And allowed him, allowed them to get the yeah. attention of the women they loved. And that probably most of his customers really were successful by just being themselves. Zach. This is the best part of the movie, right? I mean, it at least uh, like allows all of this to come into clarity without it seeming too phony or false. I think a lot of this kind of rings hollow, but this here really was like, oh, it's kind of sweet. (laughs) It does help. And again, I shudder to say it, that Kevin James played this role really well. (laughs) Yeah, he arrives, he tries choking out Hitch when he thinks he's trying to move in on Allegra. And then, you know, they reconcile, he smooches, they each tell each other, I love you. And then again, He's got the motivation Hitch needs to tell Sarah how he feels. Set to some triumphant late 90s sitcom jazz saxophone. The music in this I really took note of is like really like right out of Mad About You or something. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. Oh, wow. Am I fucking boring you, Zach? Dude, come on, man. A little bit. Oh, we're almost done, buddy. He pours his heart out to her. At first, it's not enough for her. She wants to just move on. So she starts to leave in a car with another guy and then Hitch... He won't take no for an answer, comes running after her, jumps on the car, and is thrown from the vehicle. 
And probably the most unrealistic thing about this entire movie, Zach, is the fact that they're standing in New York City in the middle of the street and no one is beeping their horn telling them to get the fuck out of the road. Honestly, <laughs> that taxi driver hits Hitch and is probably telling him, like, can you fucking move? I got yeah. places to be. And that's, you know, that taxi cab driver who just got arrested for manslaughter, that's the character Michael Rappaport is born to play. Does Michael Rappaport even, like, get into this weird wedding scene <laughs> no, at the end? I'm almost convinced there must be some sort of deleted scenes with this character or something happened because it makes no sense he's in one scene and then why is he in this movie and not only is he in one scene i can take it if he's in one scene but he's like fourth build brandon it literally goes will smith ava mendez kevin james michael rapaport (laughs) like why why getting people in the seats man he tells her he loves her they kiss we get a little ooh wee by mob deep which for the second time, um, over Allegra and Albert's wedding, Casey finds a good guy, some grandson of a grandmother who fakes choking to trick her. Because again, we have to start every relationship with a fucking lie. And we end on a classic dance at a wedding montage. And it's a solid few minutes of just silly dancing. No credits. I could deal with it if this was credits, mm-hmm. like people shuffling, getting out of the theater, like, oh, that's funny to watch. But no, they expect me, the filmmakers of Hitch, expect me to sit for two and a half minutes just watching them do leapfrog and shit. Yep. Frankly, too much dancing. Thankfully, it's saved by Kevin James ripping his pants in a split, you know, nailing one more joke, sending the theater into a sonic boom of laughter. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what, Brandon? I want to agree with you. I really do that this is the funniest part of the movie because, my God, almost is. But... Uh, it would have been just really good fucking writing if they if he had split his pants with a fart. With a fart, yeah. That's honestly, that's a yeah. That's a take a bow moment. But yeah, exactly. And it didn't. And been. we're left with a fartless film hitch. Uh, yeah, fartless hitch. What's your thought? <laughs> what are your thoughts, dude? Uh, you know, I know we just spent the last hour railing on it, but it's really you know this movie. I don't think is that bad. Um, especially when we're looking at all the other rom-coms we were mentioning before this podcast, this definitely is in the top tier of it. I mean, yes, it has its moments of painful rom-comness, you know, like the, the scene in the beginning I mentioned where they're like, ah, you're so busy with your life. When are you going to settle down and meet a nice girl, Hitch? Like, I can do fully without that shit. And again, uh, some of the plot points when it comes to like the date scenes between Will Smith and Ava Mendez, even though they're perfectly charming and solid actors and their chemistry is is pretty good. Um, I won't blast them for that, but it's just, you know, you can get that in literally any rom-com. I think where this movie really sta- shines, uh, and, it, and again, I just have to reiterate, this sucks, but it really shines when Kevin James is on screen. <laughs> When Paul Blart's on screen, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when Paul Blart is on screen, uh, (laughs) this is when this movie gets pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) You can barely say that, dude. It's actually like causing your blood to boil. I know, yeah. Can you see me getting beat red? (laughs) My hair is falling out. shaking, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kevin James is fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's watchable, I think, if you are nostalgic. I think if you are nostalgic about this movie, it, you can definitely come back and rewatch it and get a little bit of enjoyment out of it. There are some problematic elements to it that you can't really, uh, <laughs> you can't make it in 2020. Um, but, you know, as we mentioned in all these movies that 
sort of have problematic themes, you have to go in there with a bit of grain of salt and just realize that uh, you're watching an older movie. Um, what was the Rotten Tomato score again? It's a movie about love, so it had a 69. Sure, that's right. It was a 69. Nice. I'm going to go, as <laughs> much as I'd love to keep it at a 69, nice. Um, I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to give it a 65. Um, you know, 60, 65 in that range, just because it's, you know, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. I think in rom-com terms, it's pretty much up there. Um, I didn't really get that many laughs out of it because again, it's just a lot of slapstick comedy and I don't know, better movies have done it better. So, um, but, but you know, I, I would sit through this movie again. I think it's, it's fine. That, that's the thing. I's like rom-coms to me are so painful to watch that this one in comparison to yeah, most, you, if, it goes down smooth. That's the other thing too, I think. And then I'll let you get your word in Brandon. I think if you are a rom-com fan, this movie is definitely up there. I think it's yeah. easily one of the better rom-coms. Um, if rom-coms aren't your thing, you're not going to get that much out of it. Um, and that's kind of where I, but if yeah. you're forced to watch one, you could pick exactly <laughs> totally 100 yeah. percent. if you have to watch one pick this one i feel like yeah i often have to grade like rom-coms and musicals on a curve because they're just my two least favorite genres oh, that's right you hate i don't musicals. like them that much you hate I didn't say you I hate, hate music just... and laughter that's right <laughs> nope brandon hates musicals he hates all fun things and he can't read well, that, okay wow this is hard yeah and he's got a stupid new england accent his new england <laughs> accent is dumb he's wearing a nirvana shirt what a loser <laughs> Wait, what shirt are you wearing? Uh, I don't even know. It's probably some <laughs> rock flag and it's eagle. Like some rock flag and eagle shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's a largely generically directed rom com. It's got a talented cast. Listeners know by now that we are Will Smith fans. We like him quite a bit here on the show, and he is charm and charisma on full display in this one. He's got great chemistry with Eva Mendez and Kevin James. And yeah, like you said, honestly, this may be one of Kevin James' best theatrical performances. I think it might be his best movie, Brandon. <laughs> it really, really may be. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Or at least his best performance in a movie. Like, I, I don't know. I think it captures everything entertaining about him in one role. Thankfully, setting aside the fart jokes and a lot of the more crass shit we know him now for. Unfortunately, I just don't think the basic premise holds up really well in 2020 because it walks this fine line of turning a lot of people off with what could be perceived as problematic and misogynistic but that being said i think everyone on screen and behind the camera had the best of intentions and when all is said and done it's no less problematic than like 90 percent of romantic comedies of the era sure. and even beyond you know it's predictable it's melodramatic but ultimately very warm-hearted and optimistic I, it gets a pretty soft recommendation for me on both counts for those who liked it then and those who have never seen it you could do a lot worse in the genre so you know i, yeah, I think 69 is a bit high i'm right there with you i'll give it a 63 just to split the difference but sure. i don't think we've actually ever done a rom-com on the show you could i mean can't hardly wait's kind of like a teen comedy but a straight up rom-com yeah first so we were you know i'm glad we went into some fresh territory what do you know a couple of dudes took 103 episodes to get to a rom-com ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit well it is halloween it's october so we are going to get at least one horror movie in before the mm -hmm. end of the uh, month. But before we get there, Zach, any recommendations or not recommendations? What did you watch last couple weeks? Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, we <laughs> I was going to say, we have a dual one that we can mention. Um, Brandon and I, uh, one of the things we did when we came out uh, was go and see Tenant in theaters, which was a little scary. But, yeah. Uh, 
still COVID also free. Really, also, really, yeah, did not get COVID, so that's sweet. Um, but it was just nice to be in a theater, I guess. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we saw Tenant. <laughs> um, dude, I look, man. I love Nolan. I really do, and I I get what he goes for in a lot of his movies. This one was just him biting off fucking way too much, man. It needlessly confusing movie. <laughs> I mean, it was stunning technically sure. and visually stunning. Um, but plot wise, man, I, I still don't really fully fucking understand who was the bad guy in that movie. What, <laughs> like what, who, what was actually going on? Why we were doing any of this? Um, so many questions that I have unanswered. It was a pretty typical Nolan film, but oh man, I I can't recommend going out and risking your health to go see Tenant in theaters. I really can't. Yeah, I, I think you can wait for it. Um, it is. It was a gorgeous movie, but I don't think it's worth going out. Um, I mean, I I had fun, but not as best. Um, so there's that. Also started this show called End of the Fucking World. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Is that any good? I've heard that's pretty decent. It is pretty good. Um couple episodes in, it is um I don't I don't know how to describe it without getting away with um giving a lot of it away, but it's it's a really enjoyable I guess coming of age show. I don't okay. <laughs> like okay. I don't know. It's good. I recommend it. Yeah, Tenet uh I want to see it again. It's still a movie I want to watch again because I feel like I'll appreciate it more. And the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of Agreed. higher up on it. But yeah, coming out of that theater, dude, I remember us being like, what the fuck? What man? the, f- <laughs> yeah, what the actual fuck did we just see? That was, it was one of the b- mo- more bizarre movie going experiences of my life. Yeah. And uh, I mean, speaking on the uh, Robert Pattinson train, I did catch his uh, Devil mm-hmm. All the Time on Netflix. With oh, yeah. Tom Holland. Not too bad, dude. His fucking accident, that is. <laughs> He's fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming such a f- big fan of Robert Pattinson because he's either going to give you a good performance or he's going to give you fucking whatever that was. Yeah. It's great, man. He's There's no in-between with him. He's either fucking crazy or crazy good. <laughs> and then there was, uh, speaking of Kevin James, too, I watched Becky, which is his like attempt at doing a serious role where he plays a neo-nazi oh yeah joel McHale is some dad it's again it's so weird that it's like kind of a thriller where he it's like home alone uh, r-rated i will it it was like as if he watched brawl and cell block 99 with vince vaughn and he was like oh i could do that (laughs) oh he definitely did that yeah but he can't better movie (laughs) i was gonna say definitely a better movie uh you know it's fun enough I, i i won't recommend it necessarily but you know, if the premise interests you, you could do a lot worse. And then, yeah, buddy, finally checked out Hubie Halloween. Why the fuck would you do that? Because it's Halloween and it's an Adam Sandler comedy and I got to see what's going down. You have uh, such a weird obsession with Halloween. I love Halloween, man. I love Halloween. I know you do. Listen, I got to say, it's it's his best Netflix movie. Shut the it's fuck up, It's his best dude. Netflix movie. Uh, no, you're biased because you love no, Halloween listen, okay, so much. Listen, There's no I, fucking way. Kevin James is in it. Rob Schneider is in it. Steve Buscemi is in it. Shaq is in it. It's the best. <laughs> Shaq's in it? <laughs> Did that turn you? You're going to watch it now? Yeah, obviously. I'm turning it on right now. No, listen. I will say he's he puts on another asinine accent, and it's almost impossible to get through. But once you once you get over that hump, I, and I'm, I'm not... 
I'm not recommending it. It's not a good movie. I'm saying for his Netflix comedies, it's probably the best. I still don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, next week, I love Halloween. We're watching one of my favorite films to watch around this time. Uh, actually, I think it's pretty fairly well reviewed by both critics and audiences. So this is less mm-hmm. uh, to see if it's good to just revisit a nice Halloween movie, in my opinion. I-, I think this will hold up quite fine. You can check out this episode and every episode of Nostalgia Be Damned by checking out our originally hosted site at nbd.podbean.com. That's nbd.podbean.com, Brandon. You can also find every episode on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcasting sites like iHeartRadio. They should give us money. (laughs) And uh, the best way to help out the show, other than telling a friend, is to rate and review us on whatever your podcasting app or site is. It uh, just lets people know and Mm -hmm. helps us, you know, climb up the rankings and all that bullshit. You can also look us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, which, by the way, if you write us a message on Instagram telling us not to ruin a movie, we will do it out of vengeance, like Hitch. (laughs) That's not a promise, Uh, (laughs) but feel free to write us there and suggest a movie or suggest us not to cover a movie. I need our listeners to know that I am very combative with them. (laughs) I purposely want to hurt their feelings and ruin their day. I will go to war with you. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for uh, sticking with us as always through all the breaks, the ups and downs. We appreciate you guys sticking with us uh, and hanging around. Hey man, we had a, we had a stretch. We had a good run there through, through COVID and the pandemic in general. So, you know, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Chill the fuck out and wear your mask. Idiots. Yes. Yes.